1: Middle call. Heavy. Hey.
2: Thursday night. After the Warriors championship. Holy cannoli. Holy. The words of Clay Thompson. Sheesh. (laughs) I'm on cloud. 109.
1: 109. I mean, holy cannoli. He said holy. It's the first. I mean, he said holy cannoli. That is something a little kid says when you don't want him to say, holy shit. And I don't think he wanted to swear on ABC. I think he was trying to be a good guy. He is he's an aqua- a He's an, an
2: uh, Aquarius. Was he
1: an Aquarius? What? No. Is that is what it, it is? Yes, he's an Aquarius, and he feels closer to God when he gets in the water. Yep. How could you not? I, I don't know. It's, it'll wake you up. I mean, it's freezing fucking cold. <laughs> that uh,
2: all right. We, uh, we're live on YouTube Thursday night. You can uh, hit that like button. We would appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel. We would appreciate that, and podcast down in the description below, as John likes
1: to say. Yep, down there. Go get it. Uh, we've got a
2: – if you're listening to this podcast, we have a mailbag. Give us uh, five stars. We appreciate it. On a review on Apple Podcast, and in that review, maybe uh, ask us a question,
1: and that's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. Pretty easy. It's not very difficult. Slide up into those uh, those reviews. Five stars. You- ask a question uh we're some shit about
2: lebron be, feel free i saw a poll somebody posted a poll on twitter who will end up with the better legacy lebron or steph <laughs> how can you possibly do that right now uh once steph gets his his mv finals mvp which he just got and he, he didn't just get it he earned it right like there's not this wasn't uh oh they gave it to steph because it was steph's time he was the best player in the series and um you know, watching that game, I thought, as someone who wanted a Game 7, as you know, I think you wanted a Game 7 just because we love the I don't want I didn't want the series to end, but it became pretty clear to me pretty early. I thought after that 12-2 run got erased and the Warriors went up 24-22 that the Celtics just didn't deserve seven games out of the series. They were a formidable foe, John,
1: but six games was right. Six games was well, right. Well, they can't dribble. I mean, they legitimately can't dribble. Now, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of size. To me, their best player in the series by far was a guy with a torn MCL in Robert Williams, who was an absolute monster. Holy moly. Holy cannoli. But I, I'm with you. that Tonight, the Warriors put on the afterburners. I think the last two games, Draymond's had a focus and a vibe to him that was like, this guy's not fucking around. There wasn't any shit talking. There wasn't any screwing around, really. There were a couple times when earlier in the series, and definitely earlier in the playoffs, I thought he would have freaked. And, you know, sometimes like Steph or Clay kind of come over to him, what Iguodala used to always do, and just try to kind of get his bearings. And he didn't need that because, like, I I think he realized, like, we're winning this thing. And especially tonight, he was, I mean, like you said, Steph, MVP. They kind of go as his kind of heartbeat goes. Because early on, like, it was like Steph was struggling to score. It just was a little herky jerky. I mean, obviously, they got off to the hard, the quick start. But once they flipped the script, it was just like he was a man on the mission. And then Steph was like, fuck it, it's over. His driving, Steph's driving has gotten remarkably better over his career. Like, he is a threat. If Robert Williams isn't alive, like any other team without a shot blocking center, which that luckily there aren't that many in the NBA. I mean, you and I have watched so many Steph Curry games, obviously just in the regular season. So it's probably most people listening if you live in Northern California. How good of a driver is the guy? I you know, he's fantastic. Great finisher. He doesn't,
2: like you said the last time we talked post-game, doesn't really get as many calls as it feels like he should sometimes. I think. The thing about Steph that's I think pretty remarkable, and I've felt this way for a couple of years now. You know, he got I thought noticeably bigger a couple of years ago. It was clear like this guy is in. We've talked about it. His stamina and his shape is exquisite. But at 34 years old, he is. I think he's playing his best basketball right now. I th- I believe. I don't. I don't know if you would argue too. with that, but. His prime has, Steph's prime has been really long. And I think one of the examples that, you know, it's clear when you watch him, he's a hard worker. Just you first, you just start the first way you try to identify, you just look at the guy's body. You're like, well, clearly puts a lot of effort in that body as much as he runs. But his, his mid range float game is just crazy. His like one legged free throw line, one handed jumper, runner, whatever that is. Hit, Hit one tonight. Yeah, he's been hitting them for a few years now, several years now, and it's just an undefensible shot. And I think if you watch Steph like through the years, he just is always getting better to the point that at an age where basketball players are usually past their prime. Maybe it helped that he came into the league after college and not like a one and done or a high school kid or whatever. But he's he's playing his best. I don't think I think this version of Steph would beat all the other versions of
1: Steph in a game of one on one. Do you know what I'm most proud? Might be the wrong word, but excited about, and just as someone who I consider myself, I'm a unique Warriors fan because I'm a Steph, Clay, Draymond guy. I, I say it all the time. Like if James Harden and Anthony Davis were their duos, like I wouldn't be a Warriors fan. I'm in on those guys. The I I, I root and I'm in and I'm all in because of them. Is there was a lot of talk, and rightfully so, because he's such a iconic and legendary athlete. Like, he's an all-time iconic athlete. And the MVP thing, which, listen, stupid, but also, like, all the great players in the history of the league have won that award. And he's, it'd be one thing if he'd only been to one championship, but this was now going to be whatever, is the sixth championship the guy has been a part of. And now he's won four. Like It was a big deal for him to get it. They all kind of knew it. And he had a fantastic series, but he had an iconic game. To me, that's, I think, a cool part of the series is like the game four happened. (laughs) Like, that's just like, remember when Steph went for 43 on the road in Boston? And not up 2-0, but down 2-1. Down 2-1 and just went nuclear. Like tonight, he went for 34 and he was awesome and he was kicking their ass. And it was clear by about probably midway third quarters, like yeah, he's getting the award with ease. I mean, he was he'd been the best player in the series the whole time. But I'm glad that that game, that win on the road, like I just think it's one of his iconic games of the guy's career. And we already know he's had you know arguably a top ten career of all time. He's yeah. just in a league. And listen, I'm not trying. This is not throwing shade at guys. I understand. I mean, I've left jobs or moved around or whatever. In a league where a lot of guys move around and are always chasing the next best organization to tell their next GM exactly what to do and fire their next coach, I get it. He has Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, but he did show up to an organization that was a fucking joke. They were the Sacramento Kings before he got here. What the Sacramento Kings are now. Always drafting a lottery and they sucked. And he's just been here the whole time. Now he they drafted two, you know, running mates pretty quickly early on in his career, and that helps. I'm not disputing that like his situation sucked and he just stuck it out. Like it was good. But it's just like he's just gonna go down as a guy that's just been on the team the whole time. Now Kevin came and Kevin left. Like I to me, part of this is for him specifically, because it always goes, you know, he's the best player on the first championship team. And not that it diminished it, but it's like he needed Kevin. No, no, Kevin needed them. And then they left, and clearly Kevin gets swept in the first round by the team that they just beat in six. So, like, I, the, the, what tonight and really this series did, is it just shut it all up? Not for Kevin. Like, Kevin still got a lot to answer to. You know, Harden, Chris Paul, a lot of other guys got a lot of answer to moving forward. I, I think these guys, Draymond included, now he's going to keep talking, so he's going to get people riled up. But I don't think they ever have anything to answer to again the rest of their lives from a basketball perspective. Tonight I ended. I agree. It
2: all. This ended it. Yeah, this ended it. And I think there was always an argument to be made that they didn't have anything to answer for anyway, at this point, who would say no when Kevin Durant wants to come play with you, you take him and you try to win the championships that you can win. But I agree it's over. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a conversation about whether they can do it again. And I think it's a legitimate conversation because I do think the league lacks just, you know, this now the Celtics team will be back in the box, you know, but other than that, again, we don't need to break that down tonight. But I, I, I think they're probably thinking about five eventually. Four is a pretty remarkable number. Like four championships. Like Larry Bird won three. Did you see Larry Bird setting up the uh, stage post game while Steph was getting interviewed by <laughs> Lisa Salters? <laughs> they have a no. Do they have a guy who looked just like him? Uh, didn't look at all like him. Was a heavy set black fellow, but he was wearing a, a Bird jersey and he's just like part of the crew. It's like setting up the stage. He's right behind Steph. Uh yeah, I mean, it's four is a ridiculous number of championships. It's and and to do it with the group intact, I think we were talking about it. Um, Draymond's comments from Bob Myers, it's just that's the part I think is like these guys have been through so much together. And I think to see has Steph cried like that after a championship? I don't think I don't so. Think Not that I recall. Close, no. My first thought, obviously, he was thinking about so much. My first thought when I saw that was Clay, like everything that Clay had been through for two years plus. And like Clay said, they started Clay didn't even start this year. Clay wasn't even back for this season. And I can't imagine when
1: you've been to as many straight championships as Steph has. It's, it's easy to forget that, huh? I mean, he came back like mid January, didn't he? Yeah.
2: Like he said they were 18 and two. They started.
1: <laughs>
2: um, but these guys went from this, like Draymond said post game you pointed out the Warriors invitational, to looking like Love that. a shell of a team, right? Over the last couple years. It was pretty crazy two years ago how bad they were. Um worst record in the league. It's wild. Like, <laughs> did they just build this chase center and no one's gonna come? Like what a disaster. How they get all these guys back? They're all old. Well, Steph's only getting older. Clay's gonna be a shell. Draymond's only getting
1: older. On and on and on. And um You know that Winhorse said to make up some of that money because they lost a shitload the last couple of years. They're gonna amb- play game this- seven anyway. Well, no, because also San Francisco obviously was one of the most down cities in America. I mean, they lost an astronomical amount of money given what they, were, you know, just going from what they were going to to zero, and then they sucked. They sold five percent of their team and five percent of Chase Center to raise almost five hundred million dollars to the uh, to the investment uh, bankers. I don't know exactly who they. He didn't say who they sold to. I mean, I don't know if you've read it. Over, I don't. No, I, don't I haven't. read the story. I, I I feel like maybe there was some. He just said they had they raised five hundred million dollars for to sell the equity because they wanted to keep. Basically, his they point don't he hire defen- anybody. Well, he was defending. You know he he was trying to act like because I listened to his podcast today. Like he wasn't talking shit about Lakup. He was just trying to say basically like how like ha- uh, he was given he he acted like he was trying to give him credit. But his ultimate point was that like most teams after two years of the money they were losing and as shitty as they were would have sold off some pieces. Instead, they doubled down and sold equity in their two cash cows, the team and the building, to raise the $500 million to keep it rolling. And tonight, it's like, it's not only not only worth it, but it's like, it, it just builds the, the brand. We always say this, like the, the championship brand, one championship changes your whole thing forever, right? Like Andy Reid a couple years ago winning that championship changes the Chiefs forever. The four, <laughs> I mean... The four, like you said, it's just, you know, it's like, with well, the Yankees, when we were kids, they just kept winning. It was like, gee, this, what am I watching? <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's crazy. When so, so many franchises have
2: so little that this franchise who was always kind of.
1: Well, guy, they played next to, they, they played to, next to the, well, and the, and the reality is like in this area, there were a bunch of teams. There were two teams that printed cash, the Niners and the Giants. And then once Lacob got there, he had those visions. And he was next to the two teams that had no money. Now, maybe, obviously, the A's owner had whatever, but they're a poverty franchise. And the the Raiders, who had NFL money, but they could never figure it out and were always losing money and never turning a profit, he immediately had visions of, like, we're getting out of this neighborhood, we're going to another neighborhood, and I'm going to find a way to finance it. And even Lacob said his greatest accomplishment (laughs) as an owner was getting that thing erected in San Francisco. And a lot of people were like, dude, what? No, he's Remember right. The
2: crane, the crane, the crane ballet. <laughs> uh, yeah. The 5% Arctos bought a minority stake. Um, that company actually just, I saw this the other day. They just invested in, uh, elevate, which is that company that like Al Guido runs for the Niners with a few other, uh, partners. Like I don't oh, know if they do. Uh, I don't know if it's like stadium experience stuff, but
1: Elevate Sports Ventures—it's a smart investment. No wonder the Niners are always at the games. They got some deal going on. Yeah, you, you think they could fundle us some tickets for just a random like a uh, regular season game? <laughs> <laughs> who, who you want to go see? Cardinals Why, on Thursday night. No, I just I no, I meant a regular season. Like I'll just go see like the maps a game that like oh, Kyle oh. doesn't want to go to. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not even asking for like game two of the NBA finals. Just like a random night in January. I thought you wanted state of the franchise tickets. No,
2: <laughs> I don't think you're getting me to that thing. Uh, Cody on the stream says I enjoyed watching Iguodala be the team dad tonight. Iguodala with coaches, coach specifically coaches GP two hard.
1: Screamed at Wiggins the other night too. Screamed, screamed at Wiggins. The other at night. Wiggins. <laughs> I mean, he's closer to a suit, I guess. Hey, they don't
2: coaches don't wear suits anymore, but.
1: Well, I I told you this before we hopped on. If they will allow him to keep doing this, I, I listen. He would probably not want to coach, but clearly, like he's kind of into it. If the if he's truly not faking this for th- the optics and really is into it, which I don't think you could question given how passionate he is about this team and Steph and Draymond. A, assistant coach doesn't pay a million dollars a year to do nothing. And just to kind of, you get to work out like three times a week and get some shots up, you know, every game. <laughs> you don't have to do anything besides influence some guys and take them out to dinner on the road. Like, ask you handles them, it's a pretty good gig. I, I do wonder if he... If it's crazy, he's back next year in the same role. doesn't have to do anything. He just influences Moody and Kaminga. Yeah. Andre, are those your clubs? (laughs) And that's the thing. You don't have to work coaches' hours. You can play golf in the mornings. I think it's the move. Or somebody
2: like Sean Livingston has, obviously he's not with them all the time, but Sean Livingston kind of has a a role with
1: the Warriors. Yeah, but the difference is, though, he had to have a normal non-player role. Like, he ain't making the league minimum. Right, right, right. Right. So if I was if if I was Livingston, I tell Iguodala like, bro, they only pay two hundred grand for this position. They pay one point two for your position, and you get to stay. You get to work out a little bit. Let's do that. I got to show up sometimes, like eight in the morning when you're asleep. He had, how many points did he have tonight? Uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, I just put up a
2: picture of Jason Tatum in his Tiger T-shirt, which he had thirteen. Guy thirteen. Yeah, he had five turnovers. Um. Again, they're young, but they got a little wasted. now. They're in the final. They were just in Game Six of the finals, so you got to give them credit. Probably a credit to them that they got this far, even though they are a little flawed. And in fairness to them, they're banged up. There's a lot of teams I think they would have beat in the finals. I don't think there's another team that should have been in the finals beside Boston. But although the Bucks were up on them, their
1: second best player didn't play in the series. Middleton. The Celtics can't dribble, guy. It's the NBA. They can't. Well, Tatum dribble. and Brown are not great. I do wonder. Does like they a can't long
2: career help you with that? You think? I wonder because it's not NBA level talent. You're dribbling around to get to the basket, but it's just it is like a very high level drill. Dribbling
1: well, would Draymond be the best dribbler on their team?
2: Uh I mean, he'd be a damn good dribble dribbler. <laughs> I was texting with one of the Michigan State assistants the other day. Because Draymond had that. Remember that bounce pass he threw in Game Five to GP two and on um, fast break. And I was like, "What a pass!" He was like, "Draymond, Izzo would get headaches when Draymond would push the ball up the floor. It would drive Izzo crazy." Well,
1: how but about he, the one play? How about the one play tonight on the fast break where he tried to go behind the back to Clay and it was? Let the way the far back. <laughs> and, it, and it fired way in front of Clay. Draymond had about three Jalen Ramsey DBs. My bad. My bad. He had another one where he was beeline to the basket. He threw it to Clay, and it probably went to the 14th row, way over Clay's head, and he immediately ha- ha- put his <laughs> hand up like, my bad, guys. My bad.
2: Uh, it's always there tonight. John, I just got the, uh, I'm sure you got it, the uh, press release. The Warriors parade will be on Monday. That's a quick turnaround. It's Thursday. So, oh, oh, Yeah, I guess you're right. 11.20 a.m. on Monday. It'll be on Market Street, uh, Market at Maine. It will end market at 6th. It will be 1.04 miles in length and will conclude at approximately 2 p.m. How fucked up are those guys going to get? <laughs> going to get or be from now until... Let's tell the people about our friends at BuckMason.com slash ham. One. BuckMason.com slash ham and the number one. This, John, right here, this is a BuckMason... T. I don't know if you can see the I got one on two. I got yeah, one I, on two. This is the Pima T. I love the Pima T. Buckmason.com slash ham one gets you 15% off an order of 100 dollars or more. Um, so go do that right now. And uh I recommend a lot of t-shirts. We do recommend you size up if you like just, I wouldn't even call it a relaxed fit, but if you if you like a snug fit, uh get your normal size, a trim fit, an athletic fit, whatever you want to call it. Get your normal size. If you like a little more space, but it's not going to be baggy or sloppy at all, size up. So if you're usually a large, get an XL. If you're usually a medium, get a large, that kind of thing. Um, yep. It's not going to be too long on you. You'll love it. Buckmason.com slash ham one.
1: Yeah, the curved, tee, the curved hem tee is fantastic. GQ loves it, Guy Calling it the best T-shirt in the game. In the game. uh, we, You and I both have so much Buck Mason clothes. It's incredible. I got more coming too. V-neck's I bought more I- with my money. Smart. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go make an order too. So whoever you're celebrating this Father's Day with, give them something timeless to hold on to for life. Give them buck the, the quality. How about the quality, the, John, For a limited time, get 15 percent off on great gifts for dads or for yourself. Like i said, just got himself gifts. I'm gonna order myself some. When you spend at least hundred dollars at buckmason.com/slash ham one ham and the number one. That's buckmason buckmaso dot slash ham one For 15% off on great gifts for dads when you spend at least $100. A lot of great stuff
2: out there. The brushed loopback hoodie, I wear a ton of. The slub t shirt, a lot of people love it. I'm telling you, my number one pick is the Pima T. It's soft, it's smooth, it's comfortable enough to chill in. You could also wear it out, it looks clean. This neck, this shirt's been through so many washes. Look at this neckline. Look at this. That is a clean neckline. Looks good. And, uh, you know, you don't need the v neck. Uh, I mean, you can go with the v neck as well, but, um, yeah, great color. This black has stayed black. So highly recommend buckmason.com slash ham one. Do it. Will it be a sober Draymond pod? You asked me this question. Will Draymond do the pod before they go out tonight? And my first thought was no. By if you're listening or watching this Friday, you already know the answer to this question, I guess.
1: But I kind of think he's gonna. I think, think he'll have a po- I, I think he'll have a podcast out tomorrow for sure. Because he can go back to his hotel shower change and he you know be 20 30 minutes late everyone's going to kind of take their time getting there even though it's already midnight i mean by time, I, I bet he records tonight i think so i'd be shocked if he says, all these recordings and he doesn't record tonight yeah
2: I, I mean would you record tonight i think i would people want to hear from me is what you'd be thinking <laughs>
1: i just won the nba championship like this is if, if people ain't gonna listen now like if, if i was a content creator i'd say Draymond. In a couple weeks, it ain't going to be as hot, you know? Yeah. It's going to be easy to be like this. Mike, 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 Mike screens sideways. We did it again. Uh, to me, I or you uh, or the move is, I don't know what his equipment set up somehow to get like one of the guys to come with you, like Claire Draymond or Claire Steph. I don't know how their hotel situation is. That'd be yeah, pretty get, cool. Get get a guess. Yeah, like Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, something like that just sitting with you just for like with a with a beer for like 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I got
2: Yeah, that would be cool. How about Steph the hug that Steph and Bruce Frazier, Q, his like personal shooting coach had? He had a big hug for him. He had two big hugs for his dad.
1: How about he told Andrew Wiggins, "Congratulations, man." He that's what he said to him. So think about that. Like Right before we came on, their, their celebration on the the uh, the stand that Larry Bird put up for them all to stand on, their team, the celebration they get in each other, in a league where everyone is, again, I'm not trying to take shots at LeBron's or the world, but they're constantly leaving teams. Like When you do that, it's impossible <laughs> to have the relationships that you yeah. do with your people. And ultimately, as we know, Kevin and LeBron, who are all-time great players. I mean, LeBron's like the second or third best player ever. Kevin, probably a borderline top 10 guy. They don't give a fuck about anybody. And it it shows, you know, and and you watch these guys. It's like the love they have, the trio, the love they have for Bob. There, There was a moment, I think, when Steph or Clay were talking. Maybe it was Steph or Steve. And you could see Bob had his arm around Draymond and Draymond had his arm around Bob. And it wasn't just like, it's like a decade plus of two guys being together, becoming friends, Bob inviting Draymond, remember, to the draft and Draymond helped work them out. Like this is a longstanding friendship and you just, you can't fake, like they kind of got a Patriot dynasty going on, except they have personality, right? Like Bill never got like Steve or Bob there was an element of the Patriots that there was like a a brick a wall that you couldn't penetrate through even when they won. Maybe on championship night, the Warriors give you a lot more personality, right? They just do. Football's yeah. different, but yeah. I also Robert Kraft was there tonight.
2: I also think you know one thing that's different. I I actually agree with that comparison, so I'm not I'm not nitpicking that comparison. But I, you just made me think like one thing that's different is. Brady's greatness came with the championships. It it was never, well, Tom's great, but will he win the championships to prove, to justify the way we talk about him? With Steph, and part of it is just the nature of Steph, how he plays, his size. But the championships became like this, will he win enough championships to justify what some people say about how good he is? And there was this, like, um, friction in the steph narrative that never existed in the tom conversation not even narrative i hate using the word narrative but tom it was just win a championship you're great win another championship you're greater win another championship you're greater with Stephs, it was like win a championship did they need him win another championship didn't need him i don't think win another championship i guess it was nice that he was there Win this championship oh yeah that's right he, he is that great now i also think like, I, we talked about this the other day when LeBron was like, what will they say about Steph now? Like, I checked. Steph has a top three selling jersey, one, two, or three, the last seven years in the NBA. So it's not exactly Steph you, against you the world. You
1: didn't like LeBron and D. Wade, like, going off a... No,
2: I thought it was so stupid because what will they say now? It's just like, because a person says something, there's seven billion people on this earth. It doesn't mean that's a thing that... People say, right? Just because somebody or Rob Parker or Stephen A or Max Kellerman or whoever, I'm just naming people. It doesn't, most people, if we gave every person that has an opinion on Steph a microphone, the vast majority of them would be pro Steph. Steph is great. I didn't need this finals
1: MVP to justify how great Steph is. Guy, if we did the Dave Letterman thing and just went to a random street in a city, and just said, what is Steph Curry unreal or not? Wouldn't 99% of people be like, yeah, he's one of the best players I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the they is Nick Wright, a.k.a. LeBron's jockstrap, says Chris V on the
1: stream. But
0: How
2: anyway, I, I, I'm middle. uh Looney.
1: Looney scored a score in game six. No, he struggles to score, guy. It's not really his thing. Uh Zero points. <laughs> he had the, the putback dunk that I thought he was going to jam on everyone. It hit the back of the the rim and flew about eighty feet the other way. But that it was a sweet effort, worth a shot. Seven boards, four fouls, twenty two minutes. He plays a lot.
2: I mean, to play one of what one of I mean nobody nobody in the league played one hundred and four games but him. Um, most games played in the league, but um, yeah, I'm just uh, I don't know where the breakdown is. You know, like I could pull out the book of basketball and we could talk about Kareem and Wilt and. I didn't see those guys. I'm not saying I'm not going Bob Cousy was a plumber. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I didn't see those guys. So I don't know where exactly Steph would rank among them. But I know he's on tier one. He is one of the greatest players of all time. However many players are on the top tier, whatever that is, it's not more than like, you know, like that top tier can't be more than what, 15 guys or so. But he's on. He's got to be
1: on whatever that. However many guys it has to be, Steph is on that list you know where the stretch starts and it's somewhere between like seven to nine. And it's like the Duncan Kobe kind of tier, you know, cause I don't think most people have like Duncan Kobe, like top five, but they have them like probably in the top 10. I think Steph's in that, that, that group. Now I think one thing both those guys have is they have five championships. Now Tim's last one, he wasn't the best player on his team, but like he had, he had such like a Steph run Kobe wasn't the best player on three of the championships, right, with Shaq, but, I mean, Shaq averaged like 38-17 and in the finals. I mean, that individual Shaq is like a top-five player of all time, like the stretch of Shaq that he played with. So it's not – but I think he's in that group. Now, you would say – he, but his career – and this is like – remember the Stafford argument? Like, is Stafford a Hall of Famer? It's like, guys, he's 34 and just got to a sweet team. He just won a championship. Like, he's got four or five years left. Like, let's just give it some time to breathe. Steph's still got – I mean, at minimum, if he stays healthy, three or four really, really good years. So I would put him third in that tier right now. Wherever you rank that, those two guys, because I think they always, in my mind, they always go back to back somewhere. And I always put Tim over Kobe, better teammate. <laughs> uh, but I get Laker fans get angry. I would have Steph behind those two guys, but I do think, like, what if he wins another title the next couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just so the Is that fair. T- would you put him in that group with those two guys? Is like, that the, tier their one? impact on basketball? Yeah, I I think they're in the top. They're in the vi. They're in the the VIPs room. Those guys are in it. I think most people put Duncan and Kobe somewhere between like six and ten. You know, and kind of that. Yeah, range. I mean Simmons back in twenty ten had Duncan seven and Kobe eight. Yeah, so I put Steph nine. Who's nine? Jerry West nine. He's gonna. be just I'd, I'd put Steph over him. <laughs> he might throw his fucking his uh, <laughs> award at him, but <laughs> Oscar,
2: Hakeem, Shaq. Moses yeah, Malone, thirteen; John Havlicek, fourteen; uh, Elgin Baylor, fifteen. So I, who do I think you, who 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 do you have sixth? Wilt. Who do you have five? Larry, four Magic, who, three Kareem, two Russell, one Michael.
1: Well, you got to bump everyone back because you got to put For LeBron, LeBron now, right? Yeah. 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 But again, so, yeah, I, you, I think just going through that list, he Steph's ten right now. If you, you think just put t- LeBron and if yeah. you put LeBron at two, bumped everyone back, and he would be t- then, then Duncan would go to eight, Kobe'd go to nine, Steph would go to ten, with a chance F- to get to I think eight, firm ten. On the stream says uh, Katie couldn't win a single game
2: with these guys. LMFAO, never compare him to Steph again.
1: Was it a little the like the Rogers Brady thing, like? Aaron is a great player, but there's clearly just something off. I mean, it's just not debatable, right? Whatever angle you want to take with him, like there's just something missing that he doesn't have what Tom has. Like there's just something Kevin who I'm not a Kevin hater, but Jesus, get off Twitter, bro. Why are you You on Twitter? Skip and Stephen A. today. I, I just think like, oh my God, get a fucking life. I mean, it's 2022. I guy. can't. He just messed with Steph and uh, Stephen A and uh, Skip. <laughs> I don't. I just feel like he doesn't have a life. Like, get a girlfriend or get a friend. I don't know. What's he do all day, every day? Clearly nothing. I, I was on Instagram last night and I see like Easy Money Sniper hopped in and he just got in some chat. I, I think he is bored guy out of his mind. Out of his mind. I don't think he has anything to do besides like he probably works out in the morning and he's like, what is he? He does it's like he plays golf, so he could go for a hike. Like what? he just sits on this thing all day long and loses his mind in a weird way. I feel bad for him a little bit because like I, Clay's I good, always, have, yeah. Clay's a good example of like single guy, right? No kids, no wife. I don't even feel like he's got a girlfriend right now. But he like has purpose. It Doesn't feel like you know he's on his boat. He's jumping in the water. He's with the dog. Like he has hobbies. He has, he, yeah, yeah, he has family. Like he goes on hikes. and feel he just does shit. It doesn't feel like Kevin does a goddamn thing. Beside basketball, which he's excellent at. Yeah, I I think
2: it's. I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze him too much, but I don't want to say. Uh, Tortured is way too strong of a word, I think, but it's it's he's searching. I think he's searching for something. And I think he felt like winning the championship with the Warriors would just chill everybody out. But I think people want what what people what the masses want to see. And this is hard because. Like Kevin works really hard, clearly at the game. And so it must be frustrating to feel like you get defined by like everyone on the outside. But doing it the way the Warriors did it with their guys from the beginning, this is our squad. We're just going to find a way. As we get older, we're going to find a way. You know, I think the irony of Russell and Kevin's careers is if they had stayed together and found, like, that's what people want. In fact, if they had stayed together and never won a championship together, but just kept banging on the door, just they got beat by LeBron, they probably would have won the bubble title, maybe. I don't know. Although the Lakers were good in the bubble title, not that it counts. But maybe they, they have never torn would've... Achilles in.
1: Huh? Did Kevin have a torn Achilles in the bubble?
2: I don't remember. But I'm just saying if they in OKC, let's say Russell yeah. and Kevin had never won it, but they stayed together there and just kept banging Like on Stockton, the door. Stockton and Malone, just kept swinging. They I think they it would be a totally different story for how they're talked about. I think they get people, a lot of respect. People,
1: you think people like them more? Uh, oh, without question, people <laughs> would like them more. Without beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, here's the problem, guy. He left. Everyone hates him. He doubled down. Now everyone feels like kind of makes more fun of him now than his situation. Do you know? Yeah, especially after these guys win. Do you know he's 33 years old? Like clock's kind of ticking. Yeah, that's kind of. How's he going to win one? Well, I don't think he's going to. I actually kind of hope they get good. Maybe they add someone. I would love to see Warriors Nets next year. That'd be fun. And then that'd the Warriors be awesome. beat him. That would suck for him. If the Warriors beat him, that'd be really hard for him. He'd need to win that title. There'd be a lot of pressure on him going in. <laughs> it would be winner or bust for him. Warriors would just kind of be playing with house money. Like, <laughs> like, how big of legends can we be? <laughs> like, in the end, really, as close as,
2: you know, the way the Celtics took game one uh, from the Warriors, what they did in game three to the Warriors, as close as it felt at times, in the end, this finals really wasn't that close. And I think it's just so hard to replicate what the Warriors have. As long as Steph is at or near his peak, the way they play together, the experience they've had in these games, think of all the big shots Steph has hit, Clay has hit, all the big plays Draymond has made. Now think of all the big plays Wiggins has made. It's just, uh, I thought early on, like Boston, again, they're going to get all these guys are 10 years behind the Warriors in terms of development. But you could just tell they they just don't have the thing at the end of games that the Warriors have. And it's as long as Steph is playing this way, who, nobody else has what these guys have. There's not another team in the league that has what these guys have. Now Anthony Davis is going to be very well rested coming into next year, we know that. But like LeBron, LeBron's still a phenomenal player, right? Steph, is, LeBron's not as close to his own personal peak as Steph is to his peak. Steph's at his peak right now, right? Yeah, LeBron's, LeBron's
1: almost four. LeBron's almost forty. Like it's he's headed down. It's over. Like the Lakers, they're done. Like it's by Lakers, see ya. Like I, you don't get taken seriously. Honestly, the West kind of sucks. You know the, the, the Suns are getting rid of DeAndre and they're trading him. Luca's got no teammates. I mean the West sucks, guys. Portland's the, the NBA, right. Portland can't find Honestly, a way. I, here's my take. The NBA kind of sucks. You know why? Because all these guys leave to different teams. No one stays. No one knows each other. They're all it's a mercenary league. The Warriors just stick together and they separate. They just keep winning chips. Chip after chip after chip after chip. Number four. What's best for
2: players is not best for fans and, and the league. Well, yeah. When I say fans, I mean the league. What's best for fans is easy to digest storylines. I like this guy. I like this team. I hate that team. It's us
1: against them. That's it. Can that's you the, the can you imagine thing. if Kevin had stayed in OKC? Honestly, Kevin and Russell had stayed and they and they had played the Warriors like yeah. four times in the playoffs He's in like so five years. You know, honestly, all this talk about Steph that Steph has had to fight against has been great for the league because it's
2: created this where they, it because Steph's not a villain. But there's this rub with him where it's like, can he can't he? What is he? Is he? And it's been phenomenal for the NBA that there's a debate about Steph. NBA is very lucky that there's a debate about Steph Curry there. They have been very lucky.
1: Do you think he'd ruffle some feathers if he retired and went to live?
2: You think he'd finish ahead of Phil? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he might. To me, that'd be the way to like really amp up the hate toward him. That'd be the only way. Now, I get. I mean, they shimmy and they shake. And if, if I didn't root for the Warriors, they'd piss me off every once in a while as well. But I, I would respect their ability to just consistently win. <laughs> and tonight, I mean, Draymond's a great example where everyone's shitting on him. He's taken all the arrows. And even after the game, when he got the mic, he's like, I love this crowd. Like, you know what? He kind of yearned for this crap. And since I like, I'll give him respect because I, you and I talked about this. Maybe we talked about this when we podcasted last weekend after Steph had the legendary game. Like I, I didn't love, I not only did I didn't love, I thought it was just like, he sounded like such pussies about the crowd chanting. And I love that Draymond's like, didn't bother me at all. <laughs> did I, I actually kind of liked it? And then tonight was like, I love this crowd. You know why? He likes being in the fight. He likes being in the fire. He like yearns for it. He's like, he's really wired like an old school NBA guy slash football player. A lot of guys would have made a big deal, would have wanted everyone kicked out. He, he came back tonight and played his best game. and felt like in like three months. Yeah. Lives for it. Lives for it. How many guys in the NBA truly live for it? I mean, truly. And obviously Draymond is unique because, Four year college guy. Obviously one of the best college coaches ever. Coached him. You know, he's he was uh played with Steph Clay. I mean, he's he's a very unique just package, right? In, in this league. There aren't many guys that are like four-year players on a great team for a long period of time who are a consistent guy on that team. And most guys like one and done or like skipping college or going to the G League where they pay you. It's like I just feel, you know, in a weird way, most of those guys don't care as much. It feels like the Warriors guys care more. And all of them went to college for a combined Draymond four, Clay, th- Steph three, Clay two, or Clay three. No, Clay was, I think Clay was, I think he was three. Steph was three. I mean, they, they went to college combined as a group for a long time. Maybe, maybe Clay was, yeah, Clay was three.
2: Steph was three, right? Steph was three because remember he came. There was like a talk about him coming back after sophomore. Oh, at for senior season. I, I think most like competition brings out the best in the best. It doesn't bring out the best in everybody. It brings out the best in the best. It brings out the best at Draymond. Draymond creates competition when there's not competition. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who works in baseball, and he was like, you know, one thing people don't realize about the minor leagues now is that teams don't really even play games. Like, they play the game, but nobody's trying to win in minor league baseball anymore. It used to be you'd go to the park and you just – there were two teams and whatever. Those two teams tried to win, even though it's minor league baseball, so none of it really means anything necessarily. But he said the way it's gotten the last few years is everything's about big league development. So whoever's pitching tonight is throwing 60 pitches, whether he gives up eight runs in the first inning, he's got a no-hitter going, he's coming out after 60. And then Milkoff's coming in, he's throwing 25 pitches, and it doesn't matter if he gives up back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs or has the chance at the strikeout record, he's coming out after 20 pitches.
1: Like, all these games are predetermined. You're, you're saying, like, the spreadsheet determines it for the manager. The manager just sits there, tells – Haberman you're in now Middlecoff you're pitch hitting It's just all set up before. It's
2: just it's set up This is how we're playing this game It's, that it's, I, it's a simulation with humans Yeah it's like well it's, well it's just we the Somebody has said We need to see Middlecoff throw 60 We need to say see Haberman throw 20 In four days Middlecoff will throw 20 And Haberman will throw 60 That's how we're developed That's the plan for these guys season. And you don't, you don't think develop. minor league baseball Was like that 15-20 years Habs, ago? Not a chance in hell I mean, there were sometimes you'd, there was some of that, but it was just teams playing. They were managers just trying to win that game that day, even though in the big scheme of things, it didn't matter who won this minor league baseball game. But my buddy was telling me, he's like, you know, it became clear to me a few years ago, he was in minor league baseball at the time. He's like, this sucks. Like, no one is even trying to win the game. We're all here watching. Like, it's crazy. And I, I, I mean, I, that you definitely do not develop player competitiveness doing that. No. And, I think the way baseball I think baseball and basketball have become very difficult at like below the top top tier teams to be interesting. Because and, and I would run a baseball team the way they're running teams, it's smart. It's smart not to spend 225 million, 250 on Steven Strasberg, who's made nine starts. He the other day he made his ninth start since he signed his contract extension after 2019. So 2020, 2021, 2022. He's made nine starts, and he just went back on the injured list. So it's smart not to spend 250 million on starting pitchers. But having you know a bunch of specialists and platoon guys
1: is not what brings fans out to the ballpark and gets well, them it, to tune in. Isn't that a separating factor for football, where I get to evaluate for three years in college football? Like I was thinking when you were talking, a million like percent. Kayvon Thibodeau, he gets injured he's already a top 10 pick comes back. Like one part I know that a lot of people did respect about him is that he did not need to come back. And then he played all the way through the season up until the championship game, they got their ass kicked. Like you just that in basketball one, the equivalent of Caban Thibodeau would be a true freshman, right? A future top 10 pick. He ain't coming back. I remember when Zion came back after a shoe blew, everyone's like, what is he doing? Zion, you fucking crazy asshole. He didn't come back for another year. He just came back for the tournament. The, yeah, he just came. Well, he came, yeah, for like the last seven games of the season, like the ACC tournament. And everyone's like, this guy is insane. Leave. Go. And he's like, no, man, I just want to play with my buddies. And and they, everyone shamed him, remember? Not me and you, because we were like, yeah, kind of respected. I don't know. He wants to play basketball. And it's just – you just see – not that Jalen Brown and Tatum are – I don't think they're competitive, but they do just have, like, they don't even have the fundamentals of the game. Well, why? They played one season both in college because they were both uber recruits. I remember when Cal got him. I would never even heard of the guy. I don't follow college basketball recruiting, but it was like, they got Quanzo. He got this guy that they never would ever sniff. And I remember watching him. It was like it was a big deal. I remember talking about him, and Danny Ainge yeah. ends up drafting him, like third overall, and he's obviously a fantastic talent who cannot dribble. Can you imagine Izzo after like year two with that guy? Like, you don't think they're just doing some dribbling drills? Well, I, that's State? what I'm
2: saying. I think college is part of that. Tatum's not. Tatum can't really create with. No, the he can't dribble. Were <laughs> you talking about Tatum or Brown?
1: Both of. Them. I'm talking about. I'm talking about both. I was talking yeah, specifically about Brown, but Tatum yeah. too. Like yeah. Tatum was a one and done at Duke. Yeah. Horford. Horford's probably a better dribbler than both. He, and how he was at college several years, right? Like, there's something to be said about having some fundamentals of whatever you're doing. A lot of times people DM me, like, starting a podcast. When you guys record, do you put out your topics? Do you guys talk about them, or you just hit the record button and go? I'm like, no, we're not, like, we're not just freestyling here. You know, like, there's some, but a lot of people just don't. Even though we could. Yeah, but my point is a lot of people go into podcasting, for example. They have never done this. They have no clue what they're doing. Now, in fairness, if you just did it for a while, it's not that complicated. (laughs) No, you would figure out a rhythm, but there is an element of like, you got to build a base of whatever you're doing. And a lot of people in the NBA, in my opinion, have no base of the fundamentals in basketball. It's why I say it all the time. Bill Simmons is adamant. There's never been more talent in the NBA. And maybe from just an athletic perspective, like if we just tested jumping, running, dunking, it, and this is what Bill Belichick says. Like, we don't pay guys to do the combine. We pay guys to play football. Like, you pay guys to play basketball, pass, cut, right? Run plays, screen in certain situations, go fast in certain su- situations, go slow. And I feel like a lot of the NBA doesn't have a great feel. It's why my pushback, like, the 90s guys couldn't hang. Bullshit. Those teams played together for a decade. They all had the fundamental – you don't – like the Utah Jazz in their peak, the team that lost the, the Bulls multiple times. They would fucking destroy the Celtics. I think they would house them because they they just know how to play basketball. It's honestly remarkable how good the Celtics are without understanding how to do some basic things like dribble. I mean, guy, they can't dribble the basketball. That, that's pretty nuts, and it showed they got to the NBA finals.
2: I also think I, I also think the Warriors made them look bad. I mean, I agree with I do think Tatum and and I do wonder if it's a product of not playing much college basketball. But I also think the Warriors made them look pretty bad. The but Warriors why? because but the Warriors
1: just they can do a lot.
2: Obviously, they, I mean, I just think the Warriors create play. a lot of pressure and a lot of urgency because of how much they score. I just think they take. I think they took the Celtics. I think they knocked the Celtics off their. Equilibrium, or whatever,
1: but don't you think they just do a lot of fundamental? Now the Warriors, yeah, well, thousand percent. I mean,
2: the, the first practice Steve Kerr had with that group, they had them chest passing and bounce passing. Remember
1: when Andre Iguodala like thought
2: he was like, "I'm like, quit. what is this?" Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm everything you said. I agree with it. It's baffling, but I also think it's partly the Warriors made them look that way. I think that's part of it. Now, I also like I said before the final started. That team, the heat took them to seven games. That's why I was never scared of Boston, because I knew Miami was not a championship team. Um, and it's why I think this thing in the end was not that close. And it's why I think the Warriors can win it again next year. But that's another discussion.
1: I just uh, I, I listen to a lot yeah. of basketball. I, I listen to more basketball podcasts than I do watch basketball. So I, I don't watch that much Celtics. And I had heard a lot of people over the years talk about their inability to like dribble. And We're just and, was talking about it the other day, too. But yeah, they people have been talking about it forever, And I got not dismissed, but I thought it's one of those things that you kind of overhype. It's pretty glaring when you watch them play. yeah then them ending up on this stage. I mean they were, how often were guys on the ground? They turn a the ball over a ton. that to me, the east, I understand like it's understandable why LeBron loved the East. He feasted. <laughs> yeah. What was he crazy? He was insane to come out to the Lakers. I know. Well, what was he doing? Do you think, in a, in a, in a, if you could rewind it all, do you think he keeps Wiggins and doesn't trade Kevin Love? Kevin Love? I mean, he didn't just win try- the champion. Did he win the championship with Kevin? Yeah, he did. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, imagine if, if they he had just, just stayed together Wiggins. this whole time. It would have been with, and maybe Kyrie or use Kyrie to flip to get someone else but just the Wiggins type with LeBron and yeah. just a couple other wings. Yeah. I wonder if he could have a redo on that. Remember Wiggins was like on the,
2: remember he had to be on the team. It wasn't like a draft night trade, right? He was on the team for like, remember they had to wait like time. logistically. Yeah. Like 60 days. Or I think something. it was 60, 60 was the number I had in my head too. Yeah. Wiggin, the Wiggins story. What's Wiggins going to do? Because contract next year. Well, I know, but if he just continues to play the way he's played, there's going to be a massive contract out there for him. And I don't know what the most amount of money the Warriors like what will they
1: be willing to pay him? But gonna get dicey, guy. you gonna sell another five percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't I don't I
2: would know. It'll be really I, well. I know I would keep him too. I'm just saying, like, what is is Wiggins gonna take less money to stay with the Warriors? And now I less get, money might mean 30. I mean, it might mean, you know, 36 million dollars a year.
1: I'd get rid of Jordan Poole before I got rid of Wiggins. I like Jordan Poole a lot, but I'd keep old Wiggins. Those players are more valuable in the end in the NBA. Well, you can I find think, score first little guards.
2: Yeah, I mean, next year will be really interesting for him, right? Like, is this just who he is now? Every night. I can see the word starting a little slow next year. Because <laughs> the thing with Wiggins is at any given moment, he's with most lineups on the floor, he's the most athletic guy on the court. And like we talked about last time, that mid range jumper. Tobin on the stream says, talk about this windhorse BS. Did we talk about that on this? No, well, I guess we didn't. We must have talked to that about it just between us beforehand.
1: No, I think I think we BSed about it a little bit earlier.
2: On today? Yeah. On this? So. Didn't we? Yeah, we might have talked about it beforehand. Maybe not. I don't know. Didn't bother me, but you said you listened to his podcast. Maybe we did talk about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, we t- we talked about it because I said he kind of apologized. He he didn't apologize. He said he was trying to give them credit. Yeah, cuz I talked about the 5%, didn't you look that up on this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we started the show with that. I
2: couldn't remember if this was pre-podcast talk or you're right. I think that was on the podcast. Ryan asked this curry where went another ring. I think he might. Like that's what we're that's part of the theme of this 50 minutes that we've talked so far. Is it how like look at him? He's as good as he's ever been. I'm not he's not he's closer to his prime than he is to retiring. He's in his prime. So I mean Memphis, Ja. Uh they were a formidable Rudy. opponent this year. Uh Dallas, okay. Yeah. Utah's blowing up. I don't know, you know. It's where, totally is, where does Rudy go? But this is the best possible thing for the NBA. There was no did you did you say this earlier? If you did, then I'm copying you. I mean, they are the Yankees of the NBA, right? They are the Cowboys
1: of the NBA, right now for sure. Either you just Lakers don't are, Lakers don't, are dead, and the Celtics aren't good enough because those are the those are, those are the brands, right?
2: Yeah, it, but but that's what I'm saying. It's like the Warriors never in their life could they have imagined being the Yankees or the Cowboys or the Lakers or the Celtics. Yeah, but here we are. Like if you said. clay post game post game post game looks like he shaved his i mean he's got like a a hat on top of his headband legend uh but if you said right now like nba who's the most valuable brand to you it's without a question it's the warriors prize picks
3: is america's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you.
0: Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
2: Greg Papa, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, who, if you're uh, watching this, watch Juwan Jennings' face in this video as well, talking about Trey Lance. Working with him, Brandon, tell me what, you, what you've what you seen from him.
1: I've seen a whole lot from him, uh, especially since we started this off-season program, just seeing how much he's grown, just seeing him just throw the football, lead in the locker room, connect with guys. Uh, We have a special quarterback.
0: What do
1: you think? Juwan Jennings is a massive human being, uh, first and foremost. Two, I I think it's if you follow, I follow both of them on social media, Iuke and Trey Lance. Like they spend a lot of time together and it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, they were drafted back to back years, so they're similar ages. And. You know, I, I don't know if I would consider when Ayuk was picked, you know, his rookie season, Jimmy missed 10 games. So it's not like he developed this special relationship with the guy. I mean, I know this year he had a slow to get going and ultimately had a good season and they had some moments. I mean, Ayuk had a walk-off touchdown on the road. I mean, that's you could have a 10-year career and never have that happen. So that's a big moment to have. So Jimmy was not afraid to throw him the football. But it's just one of those things. I think you kind of gravitate. I mean, Jimmy's 30 years old, and the other guy is basically your draft mate within 12 months and clearly going to be the franchise quarterback, and you're trying to be a star-wide receiver. I'm not saying it's predictable, but I I would say when you just get two nice guys, aren't those guys going to end up being close in this situation? You could put them in any of the 32 teams. I saw Draymond Green on um, Wednesday. I think it was his Wednesday
2: press conference. He told a story about Bob Myers walking by him and Steph and Clay on the team plane. They were all sitting at the same table. And Bob Myers said to them, it's, it's pretty crazy to see you guys for the last 10 years. You three guys have been sitting at the same table together. It's rare to have three guys on the same team together for 10 years, let alone for their relationship to be able to maintain Well, you know, all the things that change over the course of 10 years, especially when you're a professional athlete, you get richer, you have families, it's easier for guys to grow apart. I think who you are friends with when you're young, generally, those are some of your strongest bonds, right? You hear people say like, it's harder to make friends as an adult. And I think it definitely applies in sports. When like you come in with guys, you hear play, I've heard players say, I played in the pros. My best friends are college teammates. But when you are kind of the same age, kind of in the same boat, Right. Yeah, we're rich and yeah, we're famous. But hopefully, in five years, we'll be richer and we'll have succeeded more. And obviously, Ayuk and Trey are not in the same position because Trey did not play as much as Brandon Ayuk has played. But I think it's pretty clear, pretty quickly, to Brandon Ayuk: Well, if I'm going to have the career I want to have, if I'm going to eventually have, you know, the contract I want to have, it's going to be about my ability to play with this guy because this guy is the quarterback. And it was interesting too, in the sense that like last year, Ayuk did not have the easiest season. At least not to start. He had adversity to deal with. Ayuk, uh, Trey had adversity to deal with. I think about what uh, Kyle Usechek said to us last summer when he's like he was talking about how much he loves Ayuk and how much Ayuk just if he had a vet around him, how helpful that would be to him. Or maybe was that after the Super Bowl year? No, that was last last year. Usechek said that to us, um, and what a big big Ayuk fan he is, but. I think Ayuk is kind of transitioned now from the young guy, even though he's not old, he is a little bit of, he's by default one of the team leaders. When you just think about who the most productive players are and the most important players on the team. And well, Trey Lance is a very important part of, you know, his ability to kind of show the ropes to a young guy.
1: Well, when I uh, when I forced you to get into that press conference with me and put on our big J hats and, and we had Kyle and I, and we talked about the receivers and him about Juwan Jennings. And then he, spoke a couple different times about B.A. as well with Jawan Jennings. What Do you think it's random that those two guys came up on stage together? Like, the excitement Kyle has for these two guys and the maturity they have and the focus they have is extremely high. Like, you and I saw it firsthand. Kyle was 10 feet away from us. The look he got on his face when he talked about both these guys. And clearly, they're close when you watch them at practice. Again, seven-on-seven drills or whatever. They dominated together against the starting defensive secondary. Several guys have started in Super Bowls, Jimmy Ward, Chavarius Ward. But I I think that you just get these two guys being very good friends with their quarterback is a good thing. Now, I would say that Devontae and Aaron are still clearly – I mean, they're posting pictures of them playing to golf. I would say their relationship's still pretty strong, even though they had – divorce might be strong. I mean, Devontae Adams demanded to leave. (laughs) I mean, that's not not a divorce, Uh, especially when your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. I would say, though – The relationship, did you see a headline, we're recording this on Thursday, of Patrick Mahomes saying, like, I was a little surprised of Tyreek's Hills. Like, what the hell, bro? Like, what is that? And I I think historically, that relationship can get weird over time. I would say that they're all in kind of the honeymoon phase, except the best guy of the group, who's not sitting with them, who's wasn't a holdout, wanted to trade, now he's back, clearly not going anywhere, but like, The relationship with him and the quarterback, especially if you're going to give this guy a ton of money to make him happy, is much more, I would say, of a conversation and an unknown than it's clear. These two guys like him. They've worked with him. They're friends. They hang out. They Instagram together. I have zero qualms, questions, uncertainties about their friendship. And when you're friends with someone as a quarterback and wide receiver, you're going to work hard to get good. 19 to me is i wouldn't say it's a question mark but it is an unknown just how are they vibing The good thing thing is is we saw at practice is like those guys vibe with 19 so it's it'd be hard to like he's all he wouldn't yeah. have a choice Debo right? like we we saw
2: you could say a few weeks ago they were facetiming Debo before he showed up you know just trying to De- Debo's a pretty positive yeah. Person, wasn't he? I playing think Catch one we were would it, there
1: with Juan too. Yeah, like they the were struggle. screwing around,
2: but again, I think you you brought up Tyreek. Not again, you brought up Tyreek. It's a good example of that is the most important relationship, ultimately. Not receiver with receiver is largely irrelevant. Um, well, I shouldn't say that it's not largely irrelevant. The most relevant is quarterback and receiver, and ultimately, Debo's going to be the guy they spend a lot of money on. So his relationship but, is, but be I think you're on, on to something.
1: Because remember, Odell Beckham, when he got to the Rams and all the Cleveland wide receivers, like, we love the guy. We didn't want to leave. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily irrelevant. No, it's or, not irrelevant. I right. No, ex- excuse me. I, I think, but it ultimately doesn't impact how the guy plays. Getting him the football is what his relationship is built on with the quarterback, right? Tyreek's,
2: my point on bringing Tyreek back what's Tyreek's relationship with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid was mostly dependent on whether or not they gave him the ball and not so much about. Do they have good conversation, right? Yeah. You guys give me the ball. That's what this relationship is based on. Because ultimately, Debo's gonna want another contract. That's the contract Devontae just got. That's the contract Tyreek just got, right? Those are the third contracts for those two guys.
0: Yeah.
1: So it doesn't end when you D- digs too. I think Diggs just got a th- third contract. Wide receivers, you you can might not make quarterback money, but you can make a lot of money in the NFL. Well, and this is part of being pro sports. It's like I don't. It doesn't matter to me, right? The
2: professionals like it doesn't matter to me if I like you or not. Do you get me the ball? Do you help me win? If you help me win, then I like you. If you don't, then I don't. Because I'm yeah, me. Was, I'm my own team. I'm team me. Right. That's this is also of- th-
1: this also to me adds to the pressure of a young quarterback. Like ultimately, Trevor Lawrence is throwing to LaVishka and an overpaid Christian Kirk. Right. Even even Zach Wilson. It's like Elijah Moore and uh, Garrett Wilson, young players that every team would take. But they're they're unproven. Like we got a pretty good idea. Like Brandon, Ayuk can play. Debo is a star. You know, Juwan Jennings. We saw him at the end of the year. Like, holy shit. What is this? You know, I mean, these guys, I I think I think I tweeted this or maybe I think I tweeted it when I was drinking over the weekend. Like I. I think these guys, maybe I Instagrammed it. These guys have a very good chance to be a top three, top five unit, the three of them in the NFL. I don't mean there are better wide receivers than Debo. I'm talking about the three guys. Yeah. Like find me a better three guys. They have an opportunity, I guess, ultimately to be a top five unit. Those three guys in the league, if they stay healthy, I I truly believe that. I'm not just trying to be biased because I've watched them play or I'm, I'm rooting for them to do well. Like, it's just, it's pretty clear. Like, Ayuk could be an 80-catch guy with ease. Debo's already a star. And Jawan Jennings, if that's your third wide receiver, guy that had made winning plays in the playoffs, in playoff game, basically week 18, like, dominated, I, I just look around the league guy. I mean, obviously the Bengals, I mean, there are some teams, but how many teams would die to have that as your one, two, three? I think Because Ayuk's a fantastic two.
2: Well, and he had, as it turned out, he had the year. I think you go back to last year. And I thought coming into the year that, you know, if Trey Lance was going to play, he was in the best position of all these rookie quarterbacks to play. And then Iuke got off to a slow start. When it was all said and done, Brandon Iuke looks better today than he did 365 days ago. Yes. Um, even though his production wasn't as big, maybe ultimately, as we thought, I think you feel like you can rely on him even more than you realized. Juwan Jennings emerged, and Debo had one of the greatest. Years we've ever seen, unique years we've ever seen, and so I, I think it's like this is why everything they do, everything they do now for the next few years comes back to Trey Lance. They they trade a lot for him. He's the quarterback. All that stuff's obvious. So helping everything else they do is about helping Trey Lance. So anytime you when you spend money on Debo Samuel. That's spending money on Trey Lance. When you spend money on Trey Williams, that's spending money on Trey Lance. When you spend money, who knows what happened? Let's say, Trey, things are going well. In a few years, they have to pay Juwan Jennings. Do they do it? Maybe. That's spending money. All of these things are spending money on Trey Lance. What the Raiders just did for Devontae Adams, that's spending money on Derek Carr. It all comes back, especially with offensive players, to offensive line spending, to talent, at receiver. It all comes back to spending money on Trey Lance. And to me, part of and then, at a, a, and then sorry, John, one last point. And then you get to a point where you pay Patrick Mahomes all this money. Now you're paying other people less because your quarterback is the guy that's supposed to elevate them. But for right now, these guys are supposed
1: to elevate the young quarterback. For, for sure. And, and part of, to me, as you make decisions on who to pay and who not at positions, at, you know, skill guys, not your quarterback. It's like, ultimately, let's look at the Chargers. If Keenan Allen gets hurt, Mike Williams can can be your number one wide receiver for a short period of time, right? If Devontae Adams goes down, they extended Hunter Renfro last week. Like Obviously, Hunter Renfro is not a number one wide receiver, but we've seen him catch 90-plus balls in a season. Like if, if you had to rely on Hunter Renfro to really take care of you, can he catch 22 balls in a two-week stretch if Devontae rolls an ankle? Hell yeah, he can. And to me, that's where Ayuk falls in where it's like, if Debo rolls an ankle and misses three weeks, can i have 34 catches with Kittle and be like your one-two punch with him? Yeah. And now I think this goes back to the pressure on the quarterback because they have invested in the skill guys with just Debo and Ayuk. I wouldn't say got lucky, but, you know, they struck oil a little bit with a seventh-round pick being potentially as good as Juwan Jennings. Yeah. And that's part of, you know, you need some luck. Like, ultimately, Belichick once upon a time drafted this little quarterback from... Toledo, who turned out to be you know a guy, eventually became a Super Bowl MVP as a slot receiver. So, not that Belichick didn't like him, they didn't, but he did draft him in the seventh round. If he was beloved, they would have drafted him in the third. Right? I mean, it's just, so it's like you could say, "Hey, we really like this guy coming out," but it's like you weren't willing to overpay for it. That's that's for sure. You had a price point, and you stuck to it, which is which is what makes this fun. But ultimately, Debo and Ayuk. You add up their draft spots, you divide it by two, it equals like 31, right? I mean, they're, they've they're invested supposed to be really good. Those two guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're supposed to be really good and really expensive. 36, yeah. 27. Yeah. I mean, it would be about 31 or 32, which you get in, credit for. And, you know, in wide receiver drafts, too. Exactly. So they're like, that's why Howie gets crushed because he took Jalen Rager in a group of like, so many other, the Justin Jeffersons, the, the, uh, the IUCs, the Debo's, the, you know, you, 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 when you get the wrong guy, it's like, wait, we could have had uh, T Higgins or Michael Thomas, you know, cause there are all these guys now the last several years. I know I'm mixing drafts, but my ultimate point is why we've really been doing it on wide receivers over the last three or four years. is cause each draft has like seven of them that you wouldn't even be mad if you had, I was like, you know, I'm not the biggest T Higgins guy. And then by the season ended, I was like, T Higgins is a stud. <laughs> what a pick.
2: Yeah. You know? and,
1: and what it shows
2: is these are guys you drafted specifically. You chose this person as opposed to we need a receiver. Let's just grab somebody. Those drafts happen too. Right. Yeah. That's not these situations. These situations are, all right, there's a bunch of guys to pick from. Like you said, T Higgins or whoever. I mean, the IU draft, I, you could have had T, I mean, T Higgins and him were kind of right in the same little area, right? I guess if you really get, I mean, they could have stayed, they could have gotten CD lamb if they wanted to right? in that draft,
1: they end up moving should- back. With the pick, yeah, with the pick that uh the DeForest Buckner trade. To, to me, I mean, ultimately, now these guys went a lot later than him. Same round, but at the end of the round, like ultimately they chose Debo Samuel over A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. Like that's when you just say those three names. I mean, when the summer ends, they could get, all be worth combined $150 million or something. Right. So it's like it's a great group. Why not more and, than that? Well, I'm, I'm talking just pure guarantees, like oh, you just yeah. did like 50, 50, 50. I'm right. just picked an even, you know, Yeah, 50 is an even number uh, that it's just a it's a fantastic group of three players that are just truly impact stars. Uh, but the Niners, like specifically, like if they had a wide receiver board, they're interested in wide receivers. They clearly had Debo above those two guys. And let's just say Debo, it turned out to be. Jalen Rager we'd be crushing them for passing on those two guys when they took a wide receiver right would it be interesting too if you said Kyle
2: why did you have that this guy Debo ahead of those two guys and he said his ability to carry the ball
1: yeah I I would guess he'd probably be less don't you think he'd just be versatility yeah or versatility that's a good way of putting it too yeah because he, at he the might, time he wasn't might like, say that after they they signed the contract.
2: Well, also at the time it wasn't DK didn't make a lot of sense at the time when it looked like Kyle Shan- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo might be your quarterback for the next
1: six years, right? Yeah, AJ Brown and Jimmy would have been a good match. It feels like right, big catching radius. Now, although really DK has, has I mean, you
2: could argue just throw it up to DK, he'll go get it too. Yeah,
1: I've seen DK. I don't think, a, I don't think anyone also. would have complain. I don't think anyone would have complained with either. I've
2: seen of DK team. just catch
1: and run, John. That works as well. You can throw him a bubble screen, you know. Well, Jimmy, I mean, I, I'm looking right now. Debo's last season, this is what's weird. If I say a, a wide receiver has 1,400 yards, you'd be like, yeah, he caught 103 balls. Debo had 77 catches and 1,400 yards. So him and Jimmy made a living out of quick screens, right? Or quick slants. Yeah. Well, Debo made a living, then running.
2: I saw my timeline, uh, the Bears game, third and 13, Debo. Oh, I mean, who, the game. who on third and 13 runs a, a receiver screen, but... Took
1: it to the house, right? Took it to the house. They were not They were going to lose that game. Yes, they were. That was the point of the tweet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging with us tonight uh, on the stream. Always uh, always fun. We'll talk to everybody soon. We'll have a, a mailbag coming up this weekend, probably. And, uh, yeah, parade will be Monday. So we'll see you on the float. See you on the See double you decker. <laughs> See you on the trolley. <laughs> Look for us on the trolley. What, what are the chances you go? Uh, we've been. We've been went before. Yeah, we went and. Um, my I'm zero 0.0. 0. Uh, yeah, I, I I I'm. Wouldn't say I'm a, you know, deep in my veins a big parade guy, but uh, I like watching on TV. You can hear what they're saying that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Looking forward to Draymond's speech as always. I'll watch. Yeah. Remember Draymond's interview with Roz? Was that the first one? Oh my one? God,
1: yeah. <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> he was destroyed. Uh, they got a little weird with Kevin. Remember like Fitz and Kevin had a moment with Bob. It got weird. Uh, yes, I do remember. <laughs> I don't remember that exactly what felt it, like it was. like the but... beginning of the end. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it got weird.
2: <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for
0: hanging. Later.